Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we discuss sustainable impact investing, creating portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as we explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego kyle and Johan Clausen from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. I'm so excited that Johan's back in the studio. Kim and Johan, how are you? I'm great. We're doing pretty good there, Eric. Thanks. Yeah. It's, welcome back, Johan. It's always Johann. fun to have Johan join yeah. us. All right. I know that I'm going to learn something very technical every time Johan's in the, in the studio. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of which, what are you guys talking about today? Well, today, what I'd like to do is discuss year-end planning, so, mm. okay. which sounds like a simple topic, but it, there's some complicated things to, to discuss in there. And these sorts of uh, questions are the kinds of things that basically any investor or any financial planning client really ought to be considering at the end of any year, really. So there's not going to be a lot of emphasis on the environmental uh, sustainability and social justice topics today but more on the financial side of finances. The more planning somebody does, the more they can have an impact with their investments anyway, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Good. You're getting it, Eric. I'm, I'm learning so much from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and I have been doing this for a while, so you get it. Yeah. And of course, we, what we really want to do is emphasize why short-term planning for year-end leads to longer-term planning for individuals or couples. And that's what we thought we'd talk about today. All right. Well, I'm excited to learn more from you guys. Yeah. So there's always this, this question, like, where do you start? Because there's a lot of topics that we could ramble about. And I thought that we would talk about current investment reviews to begin with, which I think is a great place for Johan to pick up. A great place for me to pick up. Okay. Yeah. You know, when we're looking at... Um well, we're about to produce our third quarter performance reports for our clients next week. So at, right at the beginning of October, we'll do that. And we'll be able to sit down with folks and say, okay, so here's how you've done so far this year. Here's what's going on in the markets. Here's what's going on in your particular accounts. That does give us an opportunity to, to say, okay, and... How are we doing? What's going on this year? Do we have gains that we need to offset? Do we have losses we can take to offset those gains? And it gives us an opportunity to at least take a look at that. Right, which is very important. We have a number of clients and most, you know, a lot of investors will have this as well, where they will have a lot of embedded gains in their account or realized gains. And they don't necessarily want to pay taxes on all of those. Right. So part of our process and each individual's process should be checking in on what those might be and if they can offset those gains with losses. Mm -hmm. Simple thing. Yeah, so you know, this year the markets have been up a lot more than people understand or, or, or realize, and that gives us a, you know, a terrific opportunity to review those accounts and make sure that they're in the right kind of balance. But it also gives us a, a difficult task of trying to do that without creating additional tax consequences. What do you mean by um, the right it, kind of balance? 
Well, so for example, if a client has a, a target allocation of 60% stocks and 40% bonds and cash in their account, if the stock market goes up tremendously and the bond market doesn't, which it usually doesn't, that means you know they might actually get pretty far out of whack. They could get to where their account was 70% stocks and 30% mm. bonds and cash. It could happen. You know That would be a, a remarkable year, uh, but it could happen. And so if we want to, for the long term, for our long term thinking, we want to be able to pull back on that, right? And sell some of those gain, sell some of those securities, those mutual funds or stocks that have gained, take some of those profits and reinvest them in some of the stuff that is uh, flat or down, like the bonds. So, you know, so we want to be able to sell high and buy low, right? <laughs> the way to do that then is to sell some of the stuff that has gained so that we can rebalance between and bring the account back into that target 60-40. Now that does, you know, require that we sell some things that have capital gains, and then in the coming year, clients will get taxed on that. The other thing we have to think about is clients who are in mutual funds, mm -hmm. and those year-end distributions, which we have no control over, but get distributed no matter what the market is doing. Exactly. So at the end of every year, all mutual funds and and at least some of the exchange-traded funds that we use have to make distributions based on the trading that they have done inside their funds during the course of the year. So whether the market is up or down, chances are good that those funds will have some kind of a distribution that they need to make um, to their shareholders. And there's some things that we can do, you know, we can, sometimes we can sell those funds if we know that there's a really big distribution coming. We can avoid it, but by selling the funds before their distribution date, but most of the time, we just have to plan around it. So the difference of stocks and mutual funds, capital gain-wise, is a, a little bit of a different process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing that's very important is to look at retirement accounts. Are they fully funded? Have you maxed out your 401k if you have one, or whatever your employer plan might be? Or contributed, or looking at contributing to your traditional IRA or Roth? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And toward the end of the year, we can talk about Roth uh, conversions, too, to see if it makes sense to take some money from a traditional IRA and switch it over into a Roth. That's a taxable event again, <laughs> <laughs> but the difference in the way that taxes are paid on traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs can make it actually a worthwhile. And so we're talking a lot about taxes, and it just made me think there really are only two things in life for certain, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> death and taxes. And there, there's always a lot mm -hmm. of tax consequences, mm -hmm. positive or negative for, for folks. It's also a good time to review beneficiaries on your retirement accounts if you haven't done that recently. So we, I like to do that when I'm doing year-end reviews or beginning of the year reviews with clients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's important to double check those things. Yeah, just to make sure that if things have changed, that we have uh, everything updated as right. best we can get it. Right. And those required minimum distributions, those all need to be taken before year end. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So whether it's a, a traditional IRA or employer plan, mm -hmm. and the client has reached age 72 now, right, which is a plus, give them a little extra year and a half. 
or if they're inherited IRAs, those all need to be taken by the end of the year. If they're not taken, there's a penalty. Yeah, the, the inherited IRA required distributions are usually, well, they have been based on the ex, the life expectancy of the person inheriting the IRA. But the rules on those are changed year by year, it seems, at this point. And so we need to be very careful with new inherited IRAs that we make sure that we get the rules right on those and make the right amount of distribution every year. Required minimum distributions for regular traditional IRAs have been changing, as Kim mentioned, too. It's gone from, for whatever reason, somebody at some point decided it was smart to set the, the bar at seven, the at 70 and a half. I, I don't know why. It's It's yeah. been a pain to deal with that half year. <laughs> 70 and a half. <laughs> But they, they changed it this past year to 72, and there there is some legislation pending that might change it to 75, which that would be, you know, that would give people an extra couple of years before they had to start taking distributions uh, from their IRAs, which might be a benefit to a lot of our, a lot of our clients. The idea behind these required minimum distributions is really for the IRS to get their taxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they don't want to, to make it, they don't want it to be possible for somebody to have an IRA you know, pass away and have somebody inherit it and and then have that person take that inherited IRA and then they die and it passes on to the next, you know, they don't mm-hmm. want to have that kind of untaxed intergenerational transfer of wealth. How's that for a mouthful? That is a mouthful. <laughs> Say that again, three times fast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, Johan, what other things do you, would you suggest for people to take a look at? Well, you know, end? as long as we're shifting from taxes to death, we could talk about <laughs> uh, estate plans. Well, you know, right. we do have to talk about both. Um, yes. They are important events. So, Double-checking, you know, as long as we're double-checking beneficiaries, we should check on estate plans, too. Do you have an estate plan? Some people don't even know what is encompassing a state, an estate plan. Do you have a will? Do you have a trust? Do you have, how, how is it going to, what's going to happen when you pass away? Estate plans are important for both couples and individuals. A lot of times, we, I have a number of individual clients who will tell me they don't have a will, and that's a very important document to have. It is important to have those kinds of things prepared and ready to go just in case. The other thing that happens a lot at year-end is stock gifting or cash gifts in general. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It takes a couple of weeks usually for our uh, custodians, the folks who, the companies that actually hold our clients' assets, to process a stock gift transaction. So if somebody knows, well, you know, I need to make a charitable gift of some appreciated stock at the end of the year. Um, It's a great thing to be able to do, but we need to have a a little bit of lead time to be able to make it happen. Great thing to be able to do just because, uh, on the one hand, it gives us an opportunity to transfer, you know, to make a gift to a charitable organization, but it also gives us an opportunity to handle some of the tax consequences, to go back to taxes here for a moment. (laughs) It's always about taxes. if we can, usually we can look through an account and say, okay, here is a particular holding that is has a whole lot of taxable gains in it, long-term gains. And instead of selling this that security and realizing those gains and then having to pay tax on it, a client can donate those shares to their favorite charity and consequently you know, remove it from their portfolio, but also not have to pay taxes on the gains. And uh, so get, you know, a double um, tax benefit, right, 
Exactly. You get the benefit for the gift, and you also don't have to pay tax on the gain. You can also gift from your traditional IRA. That's true. If you don't want or need your required minimum distribution, you can gift that amount. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You can gift those in the same way you can gift the shares or you can gift cash out of of an IRA. Which is a great thing to be able to do. I always tell clients, you, you don't, well, you have to take the required minimum distribution, but you don't have to spend it <laughs> if you don't need it. Exactly. So if this is a great option for folks who really don't need that income uh-huh. at the time uh-huh. they're required to take it. Now, I know you wanted to say something about giving money to family members. Yeah. Yes. Well, th- I always like to remind clients, too. I have a number of clients, you, we do, yeah. who gift to their children mm-hmm. every year. And we want to make sure they don't miss that opportunity to reduce their current estate. Mm -hmm. And they can gift cash or stocks to them at a certain amount every year. You can only gift whatever that current year's dollar figure is. Yeah, there's a limit to the amount you can give to any one given person in any year without uh, incurring gift tax. So currently it, it's 14,000 14, or maybe 145. It changes periodically. It's around there. Yeah. yeah. So it's something we always do. Now is that per on. person? Yeah, so if mom and dad want to both give money to junior, they can each give up to that up to that gift tax limit. Gotcha. And if mom and dad want to give to junior and Mrs. Junior, then there's four chunks mm. of money that they can gift. Which is nice for junior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it helps reduce the estate for, you know, potential long-term estate taxes. Mm-hmm. What about budgeting? I've done a couple of things and a couple of podcasts on budgeting, and I like to encourage my clients to to look at budgeting on an annual basis. Sure. I do. Well, I have a budget. And year-end is a great time for making all kinds of reviews. So double-checking not just whether you're making enough in the way of contributions to your IRA accounts or your 401ks or whatever, but double-checking to make sure that that actually still fits within your budget, and that's an excellent plan. Or if you can increase the amount. Exactly. So if you get to the end of the year, I was working with a client recently who had gotten to, who was getting close to the end of the year here, um, was thinking about upping his contributions and wanted to know exactly how far he could push those contributions for the current year. And so we, we worked through that and, and figured that out. It's a terrific uh, opportunity to take take stock, as it were, of uh, where you're at and what you're up to and, and looking at all of your budgetary issues. Right. L- look for subscriptions that you don't read anymore or subscription services on the internet that you don't use anymore. You know, are you actually watching Hulu or... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Netflix and Amazon and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Watching all of them. Exactly. Because that's a place to save money. Mm-hmm. Budgeting, I think, is really important for a lot of different reasons. And it's not just about upping contributions. It's about looking at all of your goals, both short-term and long-term. Are you still looking at buying a house? Are you planning for college funds for children? Mm -hmm. Do you need to increase or create an emergency fund? All of those places are are important important to clients. And And do you have debts that you're currently paying on? Is there a way to rearrange that or to pay those down faster? Or, you know, there's lots of things that we can look at at the end of the year. It's a terrific time to Right. I, I talk about those things a lot with clients and trying to help them situate those 
positions for themselves, <laughs> which is part of the year end or beginning of year review with your financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Year end is great for all these things we're talking about. It's also important if you have a complicated tax situation to start working with your tax advisor. Because mm-hmm. we're not tax advisors. We're not CPAs, so we don't give tax advice. And we won't do your taxes for you. <laughs> but <laughs> We know some good CPAs. We can help you with that. But, yeah. but we can't do it for you. Right. There's one other place. Some people have an opportunity to save money, and those are in health savings accounts or the flex spending accounts. These right. are two different types of investment, well, tax deferred options, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's a lot of times companies will be able to pair a health savings account or flex spending account with their health insurance. I'm making hand gestures here so that you can see what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I, I have a beautiful face for I radio. got you. <laughs> um, you can pair these health savings accounts or flex spending accounts with your health insurance, and it gives you a way to pay health expenses. Um, Co-pays, medications. Exactly. Uh, with pre-tax braces. money. So you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kids exactly. with braces. All of those things. Sometimes, especially on the flex savings accounts, some of that money is use it or lose it. So you have to look and see. It's a good time at the year end to look back and say, hey, were there any expenses that I could have paid for with that flex money? And then be able to recoup that. Right. Or did I not save enough mm-hmm. in that? Did I come up short? <laughs> right. And so that I could increase that for the follow- following year. The health savings accounts are a little bit different, the HSAs versus the FSA. <laughs> right. and, and those are also pre-tax contributions, the HSAs. But that can be invested, mm-hmm. and it can stay in there mm-hmm. for a longer period of time. You still pay your medical expenses from it, but it depends on what type of plan your employer is willing or wants to set up. Mm-hmm. Just a couple options. A few other things I just want to throw in there, and I know you have a couple other things too. Why don't you go ahead, oh, One thing that wasn't on our list before, but thinking back again about taxes, it's a good time of year or right at the end of the year to review your withholding. Mm-hmm. Take a look at your W-4, W-4 yeah. at the end of the year to see, have I been withholding too much such that I get a big refund check every spring? Or am I not withholding enough so I have to write a big check to the IRS every spring? Writing a big check is more painful. Receiving a big check from the IRS is, you know... It's a tax-free loan yeah, to the government. Why, why do that? Free, why would you want to give an interest-free loan to the government? So, right. That's what I mean. Uh, it's, a, it's an excellent opportunity to adjust that as well. And again, you know, if your situation has changed, say, for example, a child has grown up and moved away. <laughs> like yours? Like mine. Um <laughs> then, you know, suddenly they're paying their own taxes and they come off of your 1040 and... Ooh, that's going to change your tax situation. Oh, I know. (laughs) I can tell you're really happy about that. Rolling my eyes again. You can't see that on camera. Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, too, it's a great opportunity, especially if you're meeting with your financial advisor and planner to look at your insurance coverages, whether Mm -hmm. it's homeowners or car insurance. Mm -hmm. Check the liability policies on those. Make sure it's sufficient. Sure. Especially for the area you live in. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't think about that a lot in terms of their car insurance, but. Right. And yeah. can you get a better. 
price. A better deal. Yeah. Well, and check your homeowner's insurance. And while you're at it, check the batteries in your... Uh, Twice a year, alarms, right? right? Twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other place to, to look at insurance is double check your life insurance and beneficiaries again, mm-hmm. if you need to do that. Do you have enough? Has your income increased substantially? Have you changed jobs? Did the insurance plan you had with your previous job not come with you? Because some of them are included as a benefit. All of those things are important and discuss those with your advisor. And if you're self-employed, look at and see if you can get a disability policy. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge list of things. And we probably missed a few. Oh, I'm sure we've missed some stuff. Yeah. And I guess what I want to say is that some of the key takeaways here are start early especially if you want to gift stocks, want to make sure you've made your full contributions to your retirement plans. So it's a good idea to get started at the beginning of the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. and not wait until December 1 for some of those bigger things that need to be taken care of. And really, in my opinion, having some sort of annual plan, even if it's simple, like this year, I'm going to increase my emergency fund. If that's all you can do, then do that. But mm-hmm. having a plan is better than not yeah, having exactly. a plan. Because you're not going to save in that emergency fund if you don't set that intention and make a plan to do so. Mm-hmm. So that's important. And as always, it's a good time to review with your financial advisor. And when we talk to clients, not only are we talking to them about their asset allocation, the boring stuff, right. <laughs> but we talk about their sustainability pieces. Exactly. And if we're still meeting their current needs along those lines. What new news has come up that we need to address? You know, are there new industries that we want to be aware of as particular sources of interest or concern for our clients? I've had some clients asking me about, you know, is it possible for us to, I know we've got a lot of restrictions on this accounts right now. Is there, is it possible to add this new one and to pull out those securities out of this portfolio now. And yeah, you know, as long as we're checking in on stuff, let's check in on the social side of things as well. Right. Which for us, I think is one of the key pieces. And if folks Mm -hmm. want to look at the sustainability of their portfolio, the ESG, the environmental social governance issues in them, and they're not working with us, they're welcome to give us a call or send an email and they can reach us at 505-982-9661 or email info at horizonssfs.com. And we are more than happy to help them look at the sustainability of their portfolio. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is a great list. I mean, this was, there was a lot there. There Um, is a lot there. Yeah. yeah, So I'm going to ask you a favor. Do you guys have this list in a written form? that somebody can like email and ask you for just so that it's almost like a checklist of things that they should be considering. We can make it a checklist. Yeah. That'd be cool. Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then that way they can either email in or if you're going to include it on the website, then we can add a link in the show notes. It's however you want to handle it. But I think there's so much information. Obviously people can just rewind and listen to it again, but I think it'd be good for them to go through and, and I love a good checklist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was so excited to hear you guys bring up, you know, it's just so weird. It's, this sounds dumb, but homeowners, right. life events. Uh, you guys covered life events. Johan, I'm, I'm so sorry. You, you had somebody move out. I, I feel for you. <laughs> I, I've been through that pain. But it's interesting because 
we had our roof replaced. So a lot of people have gone through storms all over the country, right, in different capacities. But we had our roof replaced probably two years ago, and they still had it listed as a cedar shake roof. So guess who's getting Uh a refund from the insurance company because they forgot to change it to an asphalt roof, which is much cheaper to insure. Absolutely. Woohoo me. Yes. (laughs) Those are the kind of things you don't know about, right, until you talk to somebody like you. Yeah. Yeah, exact reason why we want people to review these things periodically. And yeah. I should clarify that you know it's a good thing that that my daughter has moved out uh, yeah. because she's gotten married and started oh, her own nice. life, and it's you know it's wonderful that she graduated from college and, and moved on and right. is doing her own thing now. But but it's still sad for dad. Well, I yeah. do miss my little girl. Yeah. Right. But and the twin boys have also stepped off to college, but yep. they're still connected to home. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. yeah. Well, thanks for um, telling us how, how good of a list this is. I appreciate that, Eric. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. So I just want to make sure the audience has access to it for sure. It's a little bit different podcast than, you know, the, the normal yep. ones about ESG, which is, it's good to know this because it's timely. And that's, that's when people need to have this right now. So. Absolutely. And while I love to talk about sustainability, and I primarily do talk about sustainability, we do pop in here and there with some investment information. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, Kim and Johan, thank you so much for all the info today. And uh, I look forward to hearing how many people are contacting you for that list. I hope a lot. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and of course, our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle and Johan Clausen. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim and Johan come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, email us at kim at horizonssfs.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at horizonssustfin or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.